Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the pink shirt, John Keyes. It's not pink. It's really, 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 really light red. Oh, that that's pink, man. <laughs> no, it's not pink. It's, it's not pink. It's pink, and the worst part, it's St. Patrick's Day, like... You're not even wearing green. Like I got, I got my green on underneath my combat got, sports talk gear. I got green on. I just don't want to show it to everybody. Oh, yeah. Heck, that's it's a PG. It's a family show. That's man. the common. That's the common excuse of people who forget that today no. is the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day. Trust me, I did not forget today is St. Patrick's Day. I actually did a traditional uh, Irish meal of you know corned beef recipe. Uh, potatoes uh and cabbage tonight so yeah and apparently and the kids loved it you know my girlfriend loved it she didn't throw the food at me so it's a good thing all right i had the traditional uh tacos wow wow (laughs) look at you all traditional and everything you are a sino sir okay a catholic in name only all right that's it (laughs) yeah so here's an interesting here's an interesting fact that you may not know um, this okay. it's not only um, the feast day of Saint Patrick, but there's also there's also another saint, and I think her name was like Saint Gertrude, or something yeah, like saint, that. It starts with yeah, a G. Saint Gertrude, the, yeah, Saint Gertrude, yeah, Saint Gertrude, patron saint of cats. The patron saint of cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, I hugged my kitties today too. I have two. Two black cats that will never you'll never see because they they're shy they're 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 shy of everything except for bugs. Okay, they're actually on an ace bug mission right now. So all right, well here's the thing, um, there's no UFC events for the next three weeks, so I don't know what we're gonna do other than podcast this show. So let's get into the headliner with um with this this whole topic of the UFC being canceled. So the UFC canceled the next three cards. UFC Fight Night 171, which was Woodley versus Edwards. Tyron Woodley versus, uh, um, uh, what's his name? I keep wanting to say Yves Edwards, but it's not. It's uh, Leon. 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 Leon Edwards. Leon Um, Leon Rocky Edwards. That's correct. Um, ESPN 8, which was supposed to be Francis Ngannou versus uh, Rosenstruck. Um, this was supposed to have UFC Fight Night 172, which was Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris, which was Walt Harris's first fight since his daughter um, was killed in Alabama. Man, I mean, I, I see a whole lot of rock'em sock'em that got co- got canceled on us. Well, you know, that's so. the thing, right? And that's that, that's why we're, we're, you know, the the coronavirus that has you know, taken the world by storm, literally, um, has Man. impacted every major sporting um, franchise and, and, and league in the world. And so the UFC was the only league that was still like, hey, we're going to keep we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep holding shows if we have to move those shows into places where um, where people, you know, where where the government hasn't shut down <coughs> the, the events yet. Um, and well, uh, yeah. Um, actually, uh, there there have been people that have, I've had um, listened to commentators said that this was a good time, actually, for the UFC to try something like that and possibly gain a couple of more fans like that. Right. That way. Absolutely. Because what was what was going to happen is that with no other sports on and people, Americans specifically, being such massive sports fans then what that would do is that would put the ufc in a prime spot on U on espn and espn plus and people would have no other choice than to watch the ufc but unfortunately there are other pieces on the board and those pieces have forced the ufc specifically dana white to suspend the next three um or postpone the next three fights uh, leading up into April 18th, which is UFC 249, uh, um, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. So this is the crazy thing. They were going to keep fighting, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission um, 
basically suspended or revoked all licenses until March 25th. So the UFC could not fight within Nevada, which is their home state. And so that's when they started having to look around to say, where else can we fight? All of these coronavirus um, advisories saying you can't, um, you should not go and, and have an event where you're going to be around more than 50 people. And now it's even down to like 15 or 10. You can't have a, a, a fight like that. Well, hey, man, um, that just sounds like, you know, Corona, COVID-19 virus has beaten everybody. It has put the whole planet on notice that it will whoop everybody. It's whooping governments. It's whooping peop the people, the poor people, you know, the rich people, the fighters. Nobody can beat this. Yeah. All right. And that's fine. Absolutely. And the crazy thing is, is that the fighters themselves are pretty upset about this announcement because if there are no fights, that means they don't get paid. But there is a cost associated with training for fights. So you have all of these fighters on three weeks worth of cards. If there are five main events, there are maybe six or seven uh, undercard events, you know, and there's two uh. fighters per, per, that's, you know, that's like 24, 20, 24 times three. That's like, what is that? 72 fighters who are all been trading, training to get ready for these cards. Um, and they're, they're incurring all of these costs on the hope that when they win, those proceeds that they get from fighting, showing up and fighting, um, would go back and pay the bills of the of the camps and the gyms where they're getting ready for the fights. But when those fights get canceled and they don't get rescheduled, then what happens is those fighters don't have any income. So a lot of fighters don't want to don't want to give this up. Well, you know what what's got to happen then, don't you? We got to have a twenty four hour event. We put all those cards in one day and just let them go. All right, rattle one by one. Okay, or just turn a whole weekend and say, you know what, we're the UFC. We fighting this whole weekend. Welcome back. And just fight the end. Because that's 72 fights. We get, 72 fights, 15, 72... That's a good weekend. That's a Saturday, Sunday. Have the all the undercards fight on Saturday, and then have all the main card fight on Sunday. Wow. Make it happen, Uncle Dana. Wow. I mean that 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 would be that'd be kind of crazy to to do, but I, I I mean I'm for it. We'd have tons of yeah. content. We'd have content for days. Um, Man, we would have to do three shows in, in a week. Okay. <laughs> so, so let let's talk about let's talk about this one last thing. Even though right. those three fights have been uh, postponed or canceled, I don't know which one because you know uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the impacts of of these fights not happening. Uh, Dana White said UFC 249 is still going to happen. It was scheduled to happen in Brooklyn, New York, um, but because New York is one of the uh, more uh, active centers for coronavirus they're gonna have to move the fight out of new york um and papa nurmagomedov habib's nurmagomedov's father uh is suggesting that the ufc is looking at dubai um as the place where they may have that event because habib nurmagomedov versus tony ferguson is the fight that everyone wants to see it's right now it's the fight of the year automatically by default and you know I, I get it. And let's let's leave it to Dubai to build a, a, a oxygen bubble that would contain everybody and the fighters and everybody's going to be safe. They got the money to do it, for Christ's sakes. They have the money. If they could sit there and build the world out of – make islands to shape the entire planet Earth of different continents, they got a little money to make a make an oxygen bubble. All right. So, so here's the reason why Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson is such a big fight. It's not only because it's for the lightweight title, not only because Habib Nurmagomedov is 28-0 and 0 and Tony Ferguson is on a 12-fight win streak, not only because of the fight that they are arguably the two greatest lightweights in the world right now, right. it is because this is the fifth time that they have tried to schedule this fight and some mishap, something always goes wrong. 
you know, the first time Habib Nurmagomedov had an injury in, in training, and then uh, Tony Ferguson got an injury, and then Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, you know, had to go to the hospital because of the weight cut, and then Tony Ferguson tripped over a wire, and so it, it tore up his knee. And now that both of the fighters are healthy, and both of the fighters are ready to fight and resolve who is the greatest lightweight in the world in the UFC, we had to have a third entrant into the octagon and that is the coronavirus to shut down everything so perhaps do you, i mean i don't know you're a conspiracy theorist um allegedly do you think that fate has somehow decided that we as super fight fans will never see habib demergamenov versus tony ferguson do you think it's star-crossed i'm not saying it's aliens but it's aliens. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, Mother Earth will eventually, we've all said, and we've seen the movies, you know, the happening and everything, you know, where the flowers, you know, turned everybody crazy and the animals started. The TV show Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, Mother Earth will, will, has had enough. If she doesn't want things to happen, she's got ways of making it happen. Apparently, it's making, you know, making the coronavirus. COVID-19. I guess this is her. I've done told y'all this is not going to happen. Here's a virus for you. How about deal with them apples and see me afterwards? All right. And I think that's what it is. Wow. It's Mother Earth. Mother Earth is not letting us have this. Yeah. I guess Mother Earth is a pacifist at the end of the day. I guess. Hug a tree, man. All right. But I am going to hold out hope that um, the UFC will put on UFC 249 if they do. It will likely be in a completely empty arena. All that's going to be there are family and friends, corners, and the fighters walking into an empty, massive arena to fight each other, just like they did this past weekend in Brazil. And so let's go into our next segment, which is the official decision, and talk about the fights from Saturday night. Here we go. The official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the uh, the results from the fights on Saturday night. And, uh, John, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I don't know if I like the um, if I like the empty arenas and the fights going on. I didn't really like it when I when I was there because it's so quiet while people are fighting without even the rustle of thousands of people in the in in the arena creating that white noise. It's even more stark to watch two fighters fight in an empty arena. What was your experience watching UFC Fight Night 170, Lee versus Oliveira from the Nilsson Nelson Gymnasium in Brasilia, Brazil, the capital of Brazil? Dude, I thought it was intimate, to be quite honest. It, uh, you know, I talk about combat in the purest form and that could have been it right there there was just nothing but the two fighters their 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 team and for the first time in god knows how long we could actually hear both you know both coaches the both both corners coaching their fighters through it all thing they needed was like some candlelight and we could have it could have got real in there okay because I mean, I like that. That's what I. That's what I. I, I thrive for. Um, if, if anything, they could have saved a few dollars and had, and went to like a, a dojo or a, a jiu-jitsu gym. Because I'm pretty sure there's an octagon there, and they could have just fought it out there and and saved some money. Well, hey, so we got a, we got a comment from from Facebook. Uh, Crystal Rose was what? talking about uh, how it was empty. Like those were some empty. Uh, e- yeah. So shout out to Crystal. Can't wait hey, to Crystal. see you in Texas. Um, so that was the thing. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know if I liked it or not because I. I, I guess I need to see the people. And it was weird. Some of the some of the interactions between um, interactions between Michael Bisping, who was doing a lot of the commentating, and right. um, 
and when he interviewed the 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 fighters after the fights you know it's it was just weird because they're talking and they're excited but it's just echoing reverberating um in you know in in the in the arena and so it was even weird because he goes at the end of the interview he's like all right everyone let's hear it for so and so and there's no one there so it's just bizarre types of things I, you know, they could have done that interview a little bit better, but that's Michael Bisping being Michael Bisping, okay? Um, have you ever seen Rio Heroes? Rio Heroes. No, I've not seen Rio uh, Heroes. A, no. Okay, it's a bare-knuckle competition. I don't know if they still do no, it anymore. Like bare-knuckle. It's, but it's bare-knuckle mixed martial arts. It's it Usually, more often than not, there's nobody in the arena. I, I have seen video where they're just it's just them battling it out and it's like them their corners and maybe the fighters that are participating just watching them go at it i like that's what i like i mean you know it's like i said it's just something about that that no distractions no crowds it's just you and your opponent and that's it going for it so we got we got a response from crystal and and what crystal said is that for her she didn't like the the empty arenas because she is a former athlete who competed in front of a crowd and the crowd fuels the performance so for an athlete in the ring you go there because there is the crowd and you know when um i don't remember which fighter it was uh but they won their fight in dramatic fashion um, let me see here i think it was Hanato Moicano. I think it was Hanato okay. Moicano. And he was upset. He was like, listen, I trained all of this. I, I trained for weeks. I am here in my hometown. This is my dream. And there is no one in the arena to see me win. Like, I can see how that would devastate a fighter to, you know, uh, imagine someone like Leon Edwards wanting to fight in London in front of his home crowd, and then it's an empty arena. Like, he wasn't even going to get to do that. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I, I, so, yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't going to even get to do that. So I think I agree with Crystal in saying that it you have to have the crowd there or else it just loses something. It's hollow. It's not just about the fight. Okay, so question then, and this is and Crystal, you can answer this if you want to. Um, does that change your whole fight mentality? Does that change how you fight? Does that is 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 not having a crowd there that important to how you fight? Because if that is, you know, that can change a lot of things. Does I mean we could look at this list of fighters and those fighters that lost, did they lose? Because they didn't have the energy of the crowd there. Does it change? Does it change your mentality that much to have to not have a crowd? Um, it's entirely possible because there's you know there's so much we talk about things like you know adrenaline dumps and things like that where people get excited and there's energy there. There's a lot of energy in walking into an arena and hearing the roar of the crowd. There is something that makes it more real. And I, I think that um, with it being silent, um, yeah, I, I, it, with it being it's silent, it's, 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 it's a really you. tough thing. It is just you. And so here's what Crystal said in response to that. She said, it can affect the outcome. Consider hometown advantage or home field advantage, for example. You know, being uh -huh. in your hometown and having that, not having that uplift, it, 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 can, it can be... It, it, it can change the game for a fighter. So um, perhaps the outcomes would have been different if we would have had crowds in the in in the uh, in the gymnasium in Brazil. I think that, and you know, I could look at three fights on the fight card where I can believe that was a, that was the case because I, I want and you know and. Matter of fact, let's get to the decision. I'll tell you which ones I think what what ha where that ha actually happened. All right. So the first fight of the uh, of the main card was uh, Francisco Trinaldo uh, versus John McDessie. Mc uh, John McDessie fell to a unanimous decision to uh, Fernald. Uh, man, I'm just ruining that. For Francisco Trinaldo defeated John McDessie via unanimous decision. There you go. Have All right. Good job there, there, sir. All right. Yeah. Good job. Johnny Walker. Uh, was defeated by Nikita Krylov via unanimous decision. You know, we were talking... This was one. We were talking a few weeks ago 
mm-hmm. about um, how there were four fighters that really are in the hunt right now for a fight with John Jones. It was Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, uh, Johnny Walker, and um, and uh, uh, Corey, no Corey Anderson. Because uh, Corey we, we know yeah. we know we know that Jan Blakovich is the is the is the presumptive next challenger for John Jones. So that's why we didn't right. mention Jan Blakovich. But of the four fighters that are left, uh, Corey Anderson, um, Dominic Reyes, Tiago Santos, and Johnny Walker, we were looking at putting those fighters together and having them fight. But that's right. Oh, that's right. But n- this past weekend, who Nikita Krylov? Like this guy who hadn't seen a, a a a decision in his entire career. Like this is like his first time ever going to decision. Every other fight, he's either won by knockout or submission. Where did this guy come from? He's been there the whole time. We just never talked about him. Now he has to be right. a part of the conversation. Johnny Walker has holes in his games. Nikita Krylov clearly exposed those. And now you have to begin to think about. What does Corey Anderson do with Nikita Krylov? What does Dominic Reyes do with Nikita Krylov? What does Tiago Santos do with Nikita Krylov? Because guess what? This guy is as game as they come, and no one has slowed him down yet. Okay, so let's talk about this, because this is one of the, one of the fights that I thought that this should have been Johnny Walker's fight if there had been a crowd. Okay, if they, he's he's a fighter that never left the first round for mo, for the majority of his fights, mm-hmm. and it was just like he went in there with a game plan, and Krylov just pretty much said, "No, nah, my game plan's prettier," and went went to execute, um, took him down, and I was just like, and I'm looking at them like, this is not a normal Johnny Walker because Johnny Walker is a is a bomber. Okay, he comes in there. In the first round, you saw it. Okay, you saw his explosiveness. You saw everything he do. You know, and I know being that TriStar for Johnny Walker was the best decision made. So what happened here? And that's and that goes back to me thinking that because of that lack of crowd, he didn't have that affirmation, that energy that normally propels him into a win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think that's a fair. That's a fair point. Hinato uh, Moicano defeated uh, Dem, uh, Demir Hazzovic. Uh, thank you. By submission, rear naked choke. Um, Forty-four seconds into round number one. That is a buffer factor failure. Even though uh, Bruce Buffer was not uh, was, was not uh, uh, um, announcing the fights. Um, it was uh-huh. Joe Martinez. I think that's his name. Uh, who was doing yeah. the fights? I actually like Joe. I like Martinez doing the uh, doing the announcing, especially He's got in, a heavy voice. in Brazil because he he pronounces all the names as they are supposed to be spoken. <laughs> exactly. Even, I like his voice. That... Yeah. Even if even if the person is not even like there was the the guy with the big beard. His last name is Beltran, right? Like. Right, right. That guy with the big beard, he is at least he doesn't appear, you know, to be Hispanic. But when Martinez was saying his his last name is like Beltran. It's like whoa. Whew. Yeah. That's <laughs> He's real deal. That's that, <laughs> we Latinized that. That was good. That that sounds right. That's so um so I didn't even get to see this fight because you know what? I went to go and grab me something to eat in the kitchen, and by the time I came back, I heard it was over. It was I was quick. like, "Oh, you, yeah!" It was. It was he must have jumped on him like white on rice and stayed on him. He did. He did. Well, I mean, of course, he stayed on forty-four uh, for all of forty-four seconds. He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he. And then what happened was after he he beat him, he stood over him, and then the other guy got uh, up, and uh, then uh, he was mad. So they almost got into another fight. After the fight, and that's when, that's when Michael Bisping was like, "What is going on? Why did y'all, you know, why were you, you know, getting into it again?" And that's when he said, "I've trained all this time to fight in my hometown in front of my people, and it's an empty arena. I'm just so mad right now." And so um, I, I I felt his anger through the screen. It was it was that palpable. Um, oh. In the co-main event, Damian Maya was defeated by Gilbert Burns 
via TKO in round one, 234 in round one. This was a great fight until it, until it ended. Um, yeah, and, and once again, this is another fight that I thought that was this was this could have been the lack of motivation in the crowd because Damian Maya's a snake. I mean, he gets in there and he's on you and he stays on you for for fifteen or twenty five minutes. Yes, and just makes your day miserable. But I, I mean, I disagree it, with you on that though. But continue. I don't want to take uh-huh. your. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your. Oh, no, that's quite all right. I mean, that's that's fine. That's what we're here for. We're here to disagree with each other. Okay, but. Yeah, Go ahead. yeah. I I don't think the crowd had anything to do with this. I think it was more the fact that uh, Gilbert Burns is Damian Maya 2.0. He's, he's a uh. younger version of Damian Maya. That Damian Maya, uh. what makes him so dangerous is that Damian Maya is, like you said, he's a he's a he's like a boa constrictor, uh, an anaconda, if you will. Um, and uh. and so what happens is is that when he comes into the ring, he just takes you down, and with his superior Brazilian jiu-jitsu because he's this multiple-time world champion, he is able to get the lock or get the choke that he's looking for and wins the fight. The problem is, is that Gilbert Burns is almost as decorated as Damian Maya. So completely neutralize that entire ground game of Damian Maya. And we know that Damian Maya striking on his feet is basically like trying to fight somebody, you know, a, a, you know, Aggie fighting style right here, you know, where you're... Where you're where oh, you're really? This really? Aggie, Aggie fighting? Right here. I, I give him a little bit... I was going to give him a little bit above that, but I, I, I would almost say it's Mike Windmill. You know, when you do the windmill, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you do that, I'll, I'll, get, I'll basically give it that in the realm of striking. But, uh, well, you know, it's it, it was going till it didn't. Yeah, and so. Gilbert Burns caught him right on the chin, sat him down. And, and you know, I think Gilbert thought the fight was going to be over because he caught him on the chin, sat Damian Maya down, and he raised his hands and stood over Damian Maya like, whoop, I won, and the ref didn't call it. So then he jumped on Damian Maya. And I have to say, this dude threw about 20 punches in like five seconds. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> yes. And That's what we want to see, though. Yeah, yeah. And so and so the ref stopped it, and Damian Maya's like, what? I was fine. And, and so it was like, no, y- y- you got dropped, and then you ate about 20 punches in five seconds. So you're, you're, not, you're not fine. Trust us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Speaking about not fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In the main yeah. event of the evening, Charles Dubronx Oliveira defeated Kevin the Motown Phenom Lee via submission in round number three. 28 seconds into round number three. This was a great fight. People are sleeping good. on Charles Oliveira for sure. I'm one of them. I was one of them. Um, this was strange, though, okay, because we saw the guillotine. We clearly see him tap. And then as, as he lets go and turns around, Kevin is still is trying to grapple him again. And there was a lot of flack about that with um, Jorge Masvidal being the number one person giving him flack for it. But was he knocked out? Did he not realize that he tapped? He may have been. I think he may have gotten rocked uh, because Oliveira was was winning. I think Oliveira was winning the striking on the feet. And, yes, he was. And, and he was winning the, the 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 grappling exchanges. Like Kevin Lee was really being outclassed in in that. There there were some bright points for Kevin Lee. I don't want to. I don't want to seem mm-hmm. like I'm just not awarding Kevin no, Lee no, no. any type of. He was defending himself for sure, but. Yes. Oliveira was definitely getting the better of the strikes and better of the of, of the exchanges. And I, I believe that Kevin Lee was rocked, which is how the uh the guillotine choke he, he fell into the guillotine choke the way he did. And when he tapped, he thought he was he thought that he had gotten himself out when in 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 in, in wow. yeah, Oliveira's <laughs> like I'm done and then the ref it was funny because in this silent arena you could actually hear the conversations. Yes. And the and, and so when they zoomed in on the ref was like you tapped and and Kevin Lee's like no I didn't and he goes look at the look at the screen and he points up at the screen and that's when Kevin Lee looks up and it shows him tapping and he's like oh oh <laughs> <laughs> like oh I tapped <laughs> well 
Jorge Masvidal, man, Lee, he's trying to take Ben Askren's title for number one troll, mm-hmm. okay? He went hard on him, told him he shouldn't even be a fighter for doing that, and I'm just like, why are you trying to trying to diss on Lee like this when you know that you and Lee may never cross paths unless you want to cross paths with Lee? And if you do, I feel that as a champion going after a fighter that's really not in the top five, that's kind of poor form. Wait, hold on. I'm confused. You said that it's a champion going after a fighter who's not in the top five. What champion are you talking about? Oh, the baddest bofo on the planet. That is not a real title. That is not a title. That's a fake title. You're not a champion. It's not a championship. No one recognizes that championship. It's not even gold. Disagree. I disagree. That thing you is. Know, I think. I think. I think people, chrome. People were. Uh, trust me. If it wasn't such a, a a thing, why is it that so many people were trying to gun for that belt? Because if it was because, because they're not good enough to be champions, and so they're gunning for something that they can't attain. You know, it's um, it, it's not shooting for the star and landing on the moon. This is freaking shooting for the level up, like like second floor. That's being like I right said, that, the journeyman title. Oh, what else? Well, any rate, you know, it's not even that's not I even think, shooting for interim. Like you don't even want to be interim title. Like this is below interim title. But everybody wanted it. Everybody still wants because it's like, new. There are people. That, Hey, because they want to be the baddest mofo. Because you could apparently you could be the champion and and and, and not be the baddest mofo on the planet. I've said true. this. That is not true. I've said that. That's I've not said true. That. Hey, t- hey, go take go tell Jorge that. Go tell George that. See what happens. I, you know okay? what? I, I listen. I may have to eat a a a, a, a two piece and <laughs> a soda. You know, I, I, it may have to happen. But at the same time, I would tell Jorge that. Hey, listen. If you're the baddest mofo, then you probably need to be wearing gold. Don't don't wear the stuff that'll turn your skin green. Don't don't wear the hey, fake I, stuff. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that silver is not fake. I'm pretty sure you you go you're not gonna see that silver at, at Uncle Dan's pawn shop. Listen, I'm pretty all sure. I gotta say okay. to quote to to quote the 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 the, the, the great Ricky Bobby, second place oh, is first I, loser. All right. Oh, if you got silver, you got oh, silver. It ain't fine. gold. Uh, we 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 going Ricky Bobby on this one. Okay, I can't really fight Ricky Bobby. Yeah, look, if it ain't if, if 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 it's silver, it ain't gold, man. So yeah. you can yeah, have right, the right. BMF belt. I don't care. It ain't the champion. And frankly, look, if you're look, the baddest mofo, look, look, you should be fighting the champion. He should. I really think he should. But everybody wants to see you know this one little fight that's never going to happen because Mother Earth has dictated that it shall not happen. Yes. We do. We want to see that <laughs> so badly. I think it, I think the next next thing to happen is going to be like the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So I think we I think we ought to cut our losses and just say, uh, Javi, just go ahead and retire. Okay, just let it go, dude. No, all right. We're I got to see okay. my boy. I got to see El Kukui no. versus that guy. It's got to happen. You did? Did you ever see the movie This Is the End? No, with Craig Ferguson. You, you and I dude. have completely different tastes in movies i like good movies you like all movies wait a minute hold on you wait what is a good movie to you sir please enlighten the world what is a good movie to you frozen 2 that was dope i loved it do the next right thing that's the lesson to be learned here y'all you know you saw it confession time Never seen the Frozen series. Because you got old children. Uh, I mean, my kids are watching it right now. What are you talking about? I got Disney Plus, and those kids are in there watching it right it's now. It's a good movie. Right? I'm just saying. It's better than whatever it is you were talking about. Hey, man, this is the end. It's hilarious, dude. Okay, if you've never watched it, people out there in the land, tell educate Ryan. This is the end. It's, it's hilarious. What is it about? Real quick. You got 15 The end seconds. of the world. Okay, you have Seth Rogen, Craig Ferguson, uh, Natalie Portman's in the movie. It's like the end of the world at, at at you know at a Hollywood party, and just hilarity ensues. Okay, I got a mosquito here. Okay, so I'm not. I'm gonna see if I can find it on the on the Netflix or something like that. Maybe I can find it, and I'll I will watch it and give you a report back. How about that? 
Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Don't watch it with your kids. Okay. Um, let's <laughs> let's go ahead and close the book on this one and throw it on the shelf because this card is history and go into the topics that are making headlines and making waves in the UFC world with finding the angles. This is Finding the Angles. This is where we look at the headlines making waves in the UFC world. Let's go through the first one. The first one, we got to do a callback to last week, and that is Brian Ortega apologized to Jay Park and the Korean Zombie for Slapgate UFC 248. And it went down just like that. Brian Ortega... All right, so it goes back to Jay Park. Jay Park had did a a, a translation. Well, who is Jay for... Park first? Got it. Who is Jay Park? Jay. Okay, you're right. Jay Park is Korean Zombies manager. He's also a pop star and uh, a, a couple of other things that he does. Mm-hmm. I believe he's an actor as well. So he has a management company. He has uh, Korean Zombie as as his client. Mm-hmm. He was doing a translation on the Errol Hawani show, and the translation was a little janky, a little bit more like he was talking smack. Brian Ortega, being the the person that he was, did not appreciate that. And he said, you know, saying that me and Korean Zombie, we saw each other, we talked to each other, we were cool with each other. He apologized for the smack that was that. And Jay Park came back and was like, well, man, hey, don't shoot the messenger. I said, you know, I stand by what I said, basically. Mm-hmm. So Ortega was like, all right, so next time I see you, we're going to see, well, I'm going to slap the taste out your mouth, okay, and, and, and end this. So weeks went, time went by at the UFC event. Brian Ortega was there, and lo and behold, OJ Park and Korean Zombie was there. And Korean Zombie was like, oh, I got to go pee because of all this beer. Went to the restroom. And Brian Ortega was like, I got you. So he walked up to him. And what what, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> and security walked him out. But you could hear Brian Ortega sitting there saying, I told you I was going to do this to you when I saw you. Okay, I told you I was going to do this. And really and truly, after that, Korean Zombie was ready. He was like, look, you know, send me location, mm-hmm. okay? I, and we can deal with this. And now Brian Ortega was like, you know, uh, maybe I kind of took it out of hand. And then a few days later, he officially apologized, saying that his pride took over. This is where I have a problem, okay? Brian Ortega, you told him what you were going to do. You did, you followed the street code, okay? He talked that smack. He was like, it is what it is. You told him, let me catch you by yourself, and I'm going to deal with you, all right? Any, if you hear that on the street, that's it, okay? When next time that, hey, next time he catches up on you, he's going to walk up on you, and it is going to be what it is, all right? But Korean Zombie, I get it. That's your friend, your, your, your manager. You're defending your manager. I get that. I understand that. However, street code dictates Brian Ortega was not wrong. He should not have apologized. I understand why he did it because you are not the victim in this. Okay? This was not, this does not have anything to do with you. This was between Brian Ortega and Jay Park. And in, and I guess in the fact that he saw that you were upset, he's like, okay, man, I'm going to apologize. You're still going to get that work in the ring, though. Listen. This has everything to do with the fact that at some point, you as a fighter, as a professional fighter, you have to rise above street code. You just do. And if you want to be a martial artist, you have to rise above street code. This isn't the street. This isn't Miami-Dade, backyard, brawling. This is actual professional prize fighting at this point. And so you have to rise above it. You you. you and, and that's what I appreciate for Brian Ortega because he aspires to be something greater than what he is. And in that moment, he went back down to the more base level of street code and catching somebody who is much smaller and weaker and less talented a fighter than he is and exploited that 
because of some prideful vendetta that he had over words that someone said that, you know, as at the, at the end of the day, you have to rise above that. Otherwise, you become you, you, you have a target on you and anyone can say anything at any time to get you set off and, and have you out trying to slap people. And, 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 and that's what he wanted to be above. So I applaud Brian Ortega for saying, hey, listen, I did it but I shouldn't have done it that I expect better of myself. My team and my coaches expect better of me than to go and allow my pride to dictate my actions. Because at the end of the day, the discipline and, and, and the honor that we train at our gym and the person that I aspire to be rises above whatever it was that they were going to do. So he made that apology. It was a great apology. Korean Zombie accepted it, and they are going to have one heck of a fight whenever Korean Zombie heals up. So I disagree with you, sir, and I say okay. that, that was a great apology, and it should have happened, and it happened exactly the way that it should have to maintain his honor and dignity, but at the same time respect the game. Okay, a couple of things, and... It was a great apology. Don't get me wrong. It was a great worded apology. But there's a couple things you need to consider. All right. First, let's consider the source. Okay. What's his gym again? It's Gracie his gym is, is Gra Gracie Barra. Okay. Who also trains out of Gracie Barra? The Diaz brothers. Gilbert Melendez, I believe, is still there. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. The point being, and what is what is what has Hoist Gracie said about Gracie, about the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, about the Gracie clan, anybody who trains under Gracie, they are savages. They are warriors. Okay. So do, when he sat there and told him what he was going to do, all right, I don't care if you if if, if you're Henry Cejudo and I'm six foot eight. Okay, if you come talk trash to me, you have you have insulted my honor, not pride, but your honor. And when he asked for an apology back, he didn't get it back. No, you're so, adding you're adding details that we can't no, I'm confirm. Not. We can't corroborate okay. that. You, no, I'm sorry. Okay, no, 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 no. I can't corroborate that because there's a Twitter, there's receipts for this. He when when it was when like I said when Brian Ortega came back and said, hey. We, me and Korean Zombie, we didn't talk like that when we were there, okay? We were being respectful to each other, everything like this. Jay Park was like, so what am I supposed to do with that, okay? You're putting words in his mouth. I'm going to have to come slap him out yours. That's all. That's all. He, that, he that, said that, what he was that, going that, to that's, do. I just, I just disagree with you. I mean, we, we, could, we could spend the rest of the show going back and forth on this. But the fact is, is that if your honor can be dishonored because some 140-pound kid says something, if you could be dishonored that easily, then your honor is weak. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's not. Because you're, see, you're downplaying the source of that. You're saying he's a 140-pound kid. The dude is the same, is round about the same age as Brian Ortega. Okay. So that's a 140-pound man. He looks man. like a kid. He looks like a kid. But... He hey, I, that, 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 that has nothing to do. If you, if you 45 and I'm 45, and one of us talks smack to the other, and the other one sits there and say, you know what? When I find you, I'm going to slap the taste out your mouth. It is what it is. Yeah, but, it's, it, but, but that's the thing, that you, you've just described a, a dynamic of two people of equals. You are talking about two people who are not equals. This is a person who is a pop star in Korea versus a guy who fought for the title just a year ago. Like, that, th th there, there, there is a, a dynamic there. You you don't want to you don't want to be that guy because what we know what is it is it is it Voltaire I think it's Voltaire who said maybe it was Machiavelli I don't remember which one but they said well, you start wars when you will but you do not end them when you will because at the end of the day that is Voltaire at the end of the day um, uh, now if 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 Jay Park wanted to. Jay Park could ask, escalate this and make and make Brian Ortega a target and all that kind of stuff. This is why you this this whole notion of being hard and of being in the street doesn't play well in today's dynamics because there are so many equalizers, aka guns, that that can that that 
that take all of that out of the equation. But beyond that, I go okay. back to this notion that, that Brian Ortega sees himself beyond just that click and were kind of reaction to what words someone may say. He is beyond that. He is above that. And for him to lower himself to whatever the trash talking that was going on was not who he wanted to be. It doesn't matter that he trains with the Diaz brothers who will get down and dirty and in the mud with you every day of the week. He is above uh. that. He sees himself above that. And because of that, he needed for his own honor and ethics and morals to provide that apology and move on looking forward to the future. And that is what he did. And I'm so proud of Brian Ortega for doing that. We will continue to disagree because what that what that says is is that if you know you're a 140 pound guy, and I just got through fighting for the championship against a killer of a man, and you dare and you still come up to me and talk crazy to me, and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm like and if I give you enough space to back away and you continue to walk forward. It is what it is, and that's in my opinion no, what he no. what Jay Park did. J- Jay, he Park, get, Jay it, Park did not walk up to, to Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega. Walked I'm saying up to figuratively. Him. I'm saying figuratively. All right. When he when he refused when he sat there and said it was what it was, he opened the door for whatever happens next. Okay. That's just a, that's just a straight up. It's not even about the click that you do you you're with or anything like that. That is a personal matter. I have no problem with what he did. Okay, the fact that he apologized—that's on him. If he needs to, if he needs, he made that choice to make that apology. That's on him. Okay. Okay. All right. I can't say I can't you, agree you, with you, that. You, 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 you have you are repeating yourself now. So okay, and, we, and, we, and we're we, done. We, we have we have exhausted this topic. If you guys exactly. out there who are watching this right now, if you've got opinions, you type Please. your opinions into the chat. We can see Let it and we know. will react. We will let us us know that John is wrong. All right, let's go on to the next one. Let us know that Ryan is soft. Okay, goodness. Oh, wow. I said that. I said that. Now, if I I roll up on you and I tell you that I'm a, you know, I'm a slap next time I see you, you're not going to have any, you're not going to see any fault in that, right? Okay, so what happened to that personal prize? You got to rise above it. No, because I'm not going to do it. I I am going to rise above it. I'm not triggered like that. You can't trigger me like that. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. Okay. Um, so, all right, we got we to gotta have to – because we spent so much time on this, we got to run through all the rest of these. So the next one, uh, Invicta fight so bloody it looked like a crime scene. It was Invicta Phoenix Series uh, um, 3. You had two fighters. I think it was the main event of the, of the, of the fight. It Here we was. go. I'm putting it onto the screen right now um, just, to, just to show. Like, look at this. The, the crazy thing is the cage was clean. You see the border on the outside? That um, – that was that fight was um with the whole mat was like that but then but when yeah. once it started happening homegirl got cut both of them were cut and both of them were bleeding oh my gosh it it, it yeah. the mat looks crazy um so this yeah, was a it fight. started in round three yeah it started, it started in round three yeah julia uh storling stoliarling stolia rinko there we go stolia rinko versus lisa seven ver Z- huh? You get a seven out of ten on that uh, one. Stolia Stolia Rinko versus Lisa Verzoga. Verzosa. Verzosa. There you go. That is incredible. So my question for you is this. Here's my question. Uh-huh. Does seeing women fight like this and get damaged like this give you any pause in seeing and watching WMMA? Women's mixed martial arts. Do you have any pause in seeing women bloody like this to think that perhaps maybe you 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 don't have the stomach for watching this type of mixed martial arts no okay um i i mean because one thing we know about about mma mma bleeds okay they cut easy all right boxing hurts all right when you see a giant hematoma looking like a football that's dangerous but if you see a cut and it's bleeding profusely like that it's not that bad and secondly, I believe in lim- women's lib. Hey, if y'all want to jump in the ring and beat each other like that, go right ahead. All right, you want to do what we do? This is what we do. 
So, yeah, and, and I'm the same. It, it, for me, I, whereas I don't like to see that much blood in my mixed martial arts, it is a part of the game. People get cut. There's a lot of blood in the face. Um, and, in, and because of that, these are these could be – now, this one girl, her, that was not a small cut. It was a big cut. But a lot of times, small cuts still bleed a lot. And so, um, you know, I just – I'm not one for uh, for being a person that is going to – Stop watching because of of that, and and I really believe that these these uh, women athletes are some of the uh, some of the most talented people. I mean, we're going to talk about another one in just a moment. Uh, I think it would be a loss for the sport if we 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 somehow let gender uh, gender or sex um, limit what someone uh, a, a talented fighter could do. I just I just don't believe in I- that. I totally agree. I mean, if that's the case, then we might as well uh, do what they did back 100 years ago and put women with boxing gloves and skirts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's appalling. Uh, keep fighting, girls. Keep fighting women. All right? Keep fighting. Heck yeah. Um, so other women that fought the next day. So this was on – this fight was on Friday night. And then on mm-hmm. Saturday night, there were two other women – uh, Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Young Jacek, my girl, the lady that I follow, my number one female fighter is Joanna Young Jacek. I've followed her since UFC 183 when Casey and I um, went to, uh, you know, went to the uh, to the American Airlines Center in Dallas, and she beat Carla Esparza for the win. Hey, so we, we've actually got some comments coming in. Um, so uh, Charles Taipei says. Blood sports. Hey they they choose they choose to continue to fight. There you go. That's that's very much true, sir. Thank you so much, Charles, for that comment. We've got it up on the screen right now. Um, so they it is it's blood sports. They 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 continue. They choose to continue to fight. And and if they can t- can continue to fight, then why shouldn't they? So um so I actually support it. And I, I'm a big supporter. And so here's the thing. The next night, you had Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Young Jacek. This was two of the greatest 115-pound uh, fighters in the UFC coming at it head-to-head. And it was Man. it was a fight of the year. It may be even one of the fi- best fights of all time. We might see it in the UFC Hall of Fame someday. But at the end of the day, Zhang Wei Li wins the fight. With a black eye, a busted nose, and a split decision victory with her having her first title defense. And Joanna Young Jacek walked out of there with another title defeat and a forehead that had E.T. She looked like E.T. Okay, so if you go back to Star Trek... The, the pilot series with, with Captain Pike, the original series, and those aliens that had the super forehead with the with the veins popping that was her. Wait, wait. Captain her. Pike? Who's Captain Pike? Oh, my God. Just continue on. I'll educate you later on who Captain Pike is. I mean, is Captain this, Christopher is this, Pike. Is this, another one of Star those, Trek. is this another one of those raging bull kind of things? Man, really? Really? You don't know who Captain false Pike memory. is? False memory. Is that what it is? So so here's the thing. Oh a God. week later, it's it's it, a week passes. Joanna on Jaychik has started to heal, and 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 what's funny is that um, Joanna on Jaychik is is healing, but Weili Zhang Zhang Weili has already healed. She's sitting out of Popeyes, calling out uh, Daniel Cormier, saying, "Hey, I'm coming for your for your for your fried chicken." In, That's cold blood to do. In the meantime, <laughs> in in the meantime, Joanna Young Jacek is back in Poland, and she is uh, she is a little bit worse for wear. You ever seen that movie Dark Man? Yeah, that's what she's looking like. Ooh. She got a she's got a perma mask going. Okay, she's looking like a superhero right now. Oh my goodness. You know, uh, who is that? Oh, you remember the Ultimate Warrior? His face mask? Yes. She's got, like, she's got a Puma tattoo. She looked like okay. the Road Warriors, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hawking animal. Yes, she has a Puma tattoo. Look it up, people. It is crazy. So, so yeah, she definitely, she might have lost uh, a very close fight, but I will tell you this, she definitely got the 
worse end of the stick. I mean, Wei Lee must have had an ugly sticks in her gloves or something. <laughs> Wei Lee turned into Wei Lei. Yes, okay? she did. Okay, she Wei on her yes, she did. So, you know, shout out to my homegirl, Yoanna Young J. Chick. You will yeah, heal up. J. You will J. be as beautiful yeah. as you have always been. But right now, it's tough to watch you heal up. It's tough. Yeah. It's real tough. Yeah, J.J., get, get better soon, but stay in the dark. All right, for real. Stay, <laughs> just stay in the club lights, lady. It'll be all right. Just stay in the club lights. All right. Well, we, we're gonna we're gonna hurry up. We've only got about five minutes left, so let's 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 go through these real quick. UFC Fight Night 171, uh, Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley. That fight has been canceled. Um, basically, they were gonna try to find a, um, a, a a a tribal casino in Oklahoma to move from the O2 Arena in London, the O2 Arena to yeah. a tribal casino in Oklahoma to fight this fight. And And you know what? That's that that's going back old school. That's that's old school uh UFC. Leon Edwards has worked his whole life to fight in the O2 Arena in London, his hometown. He ain't going to Oklahoma. I wouldn't go to Oklahoma. I'm sorry. This right. we had an agreement. I fought I signed my name on the line that is dotted with certain understandings and 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 assumptions that were going to happen. This is not one of them. Peace, I'm out. So so he bounced. He bounced. Tyron Woodley needed someone to fight, and guess who raised his hand? Uh, Maga's favorite hero? Colby Chaos Covington said, hey, I'm going to come out. I'll fight. Even though my jaw was broken, I'm healed up. I'm ready to go. And Tyron Woodley was like, please, there is a God. make it true. <laughs> make it true. He wants him. And now it looks like that he doesn't want to fight. Woodley isn't going to fight again unless Covington is across the way. That's right. Leon, Leon Edwards has missed his spot because because Woodley, now that he knows that Colby Covington is out there and, and, re- and ready to fight again, that's the fight that he wants. He doesn't want to fight Leon Edwards. Nobody wants to fight Leon Edwards, and, and for I good can't. reason. But um, but Woodley wants a piece of that Covington action. And, and I want to say, I want to see it. Because now that I've seen what Colby Covington could do against Usman, that's oh yeah, I'm ready to see it. Fight, yeah. all right. Yeah, that will be actually be a really good fight. Um, Habib Nurmagomedov, you're the one who posted this on the uh, on the intelligent yes, defense uh, MMA discussion board. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, Henry Cejudo, and Kayla Harrison debated judo versus wrestling, and this was a it was an interesting dynamic because you've got all of these amazing freestyle wrestlers and like one judo practitioner female <laughs> and she is trying to defend against all of these judo guys except i mean all these wrestler guys except the fact that habib Nurmagomedov was like wrestling is my favorite sport freestyle wrestling is here judo is here he is like in the olympics there are 54 or 57 nations that compete in freestyle wrestling there are 174 nations who compete in judo and so because of that judo getting a gold medal in judo is so much more difficult because the competition level is so much higher and to do it twice like Kayla Harrison has done is is astronomical the odds against accomplishing that goal and so Henry Cejudo was like didn't want to hear it he's like I am you know wrestling is is so much harder wrestling is so much you know a, a much more difficult sport you had Kamaru Usman there, he was talking about how wrestling is so much harder than judo because you're, you're exhausted by the end, and, and in judo, you're, you know, you're, you're barely breaking a sweat. But uh, Habib Nurmagomedov was like, listen, don't let my dad hear that because he's going to slap both of you. Street side. <laughs> is he going to walk up on them and slap the taste out of their mouth? Yes, but he's not going to wait until their boys go to the bathroom. Uh, Dagestani gangster. Well, yeah, yeah. Find his dad. His dad is dangerous. I'm afraid of his dad. I mean, I'm just looking at him. But um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I I've seen judo. I've seen wrestling. Wrestlers, I I get it. You guys, but you guys have a tendency to overtrain. So I get why you feel like it's the harder sport. You guys are slamming each other on the ground. Guess what? Judo's been slamming each other on the ground for centuries now. Same thing for wrestling. Wrestling was an original Olympic sport. Judo didn't come around to like the 50s, I believe, well, or the 1950s. Well, because Japan didn't come around until, or Korea didn't come around until the, you know, like... Yes, Japanese. Okay, Japanese. Japanese. I, I said Japanese first. 
But yeah. the only yeah. reason why I said Korea is because when I was in college, um, there was a guy from Korea who was a I forgot what the rankings are after you get past black belt. He, he that's what he was. He was from Korea. God tier. He, he was yeah. from Korea, and so he would always come up to us and go, "Let me teach you a skill." And we were all like, "No," because any time <laughs> he did that, we were going to end up we were going to end up landing on the floor, and the floor in the dorm wasn't carpeted. So you were going <laughs> to land on this hard freaking concrete linoleum, whatever, and he was yeah. going to toss you like a ba- sack of potatoes. And so we were like, yeah. no. But he was from Korea, and he was a high-level uh, judo uh, practitioner. Okay, so when I was in the Army, we had a judo instructor, and he looked like uh, Mario, mm-hmm. literally. And I was short, kind of squatty, but... Here I am, six foot two, thinking, oh yeah, six foot two, two hundred seventeen pounds of, of of army god muscle, and he's slinging me around, much like you said, a sack of t- t- uh, potatoes, and he's just like, oh here you go, and 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 I'm on the ground, I'm like, oh wow, look at that, my feet are in the air, and so I get it, based off of what I felt there, yeah, judo hurts, and judo is is punishing, and you know, like they say, ten thousand leg sweeps until you actually master it. Okay, that's that's a serious thing. And so I give the technique, I give the technique all day long to judo. Mm-hmm. So at, at the end at the end of the video, um Kayla Harrison, she is a two-time Olympic judo gold medalist and PFL women's champion. Um she uh bets Henry Cejudo, who who calls himself the uh the uh I can't even get myself greatest. to say it, greatest combat uh, athlete <laughs> in the world. Um, I would have said it. <laughs> she says she'll take his spot. So she's now won the PFL, so she's a champion. Um, she's got one belt, I guess you'd call it. Um, she's got two gold medals. Basically, if she comes to the UFC, I, I think she's a- an odds-on favorite triple to fight C. for the title. She could become a triple C or she could become a quadruple C. And and, and that's, uh, that, that's something that would outdo Henry Cejudo because I don't see Henry Cejudo yep. getting up to a- another another belt. I don't think he gets another belt. I don't think so either. He 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 basically relinquished one mm-hmm. and stayed in the other division, and I think that's poor form of. Wait a minute, because it was a he is he still is he still the the is he still a two weight champion? He is not. He, is he, he relinquished, tec- okay, he relinquished the okay. the hundred and twenty five pound belt that he barely yeah. you know he technically won. He did not win yeah. it. Um. And 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 did you notice in the in the run sheet I called him Henry Cejudo, bantamweight champion and Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I, yes, I, I do not I, I do that. not acknowledge his his <laughs> his even holding a two hundred and twenty five pound belt because he I do not it. acknowledge that he won that fight. Anyway, he he rarely won it, but yeah, I I feel you. So so the whole rest of the video, uh, Henry Cejudo is trying to get everyone to agree that he is the greatest combat athlete in the world and you've got all these excellent <laughs> fighters you got habib Nurmagomedov there you got yeah. uh, uh kamara uzman nobody nobody really wants to say it but he's just you know he's just this little guy that's adamant about getting everyone to say it the funniest part is whenever henry cejudo turns to habib Nurmagomedov and goes who's the greatest combat athlete in, you know in the world and and habib Nurmagomedov turns to the camera and goes daniel cormier <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. Um, but yes, watch it. I, I implore you to it's, watch. It's it. a great video. It's a great video. And you know, at the end of the day, y- you just have to hate Henry Cejudo. I just I don't like Henry Cejudo. Sorry. And if he walks up on me, at me. Come on, just at me. He's gonna kick you. He's gonna he's gonna do a takedown. And you're gonna be on the ground. I'm gonna be laughing because I'm taking pictures and I'm, Listen, I'm simultaneously. I'm, I'm gonna tell you like this. I would, I would love, I would love the uh, to to be given a reason to respect him more than I do. Okay. There you go. You heard that, Henry? Anybody that knows Henry out there, let him know. All right. Let's go okay. to the last story. Let's go to the last story. Uh, legendary boxing trainer Roger Mayweather. Uh, died at 58 today. He, today is the day he he, he passed away. Um, he's a former world champion boxer. He became an iconic boxing trainer of his nephew Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, and um, he had been battling um, diabetes, and basically his body succumbed to 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 that illness. 
Um, he was known as the Black Mamba. So this is the second Black Mamba that we have lost uh, this year. Yeah. Um, um, sad. Uh, he had an overall pro record of 59 and 13, 35 knockouts, and he had a who's who list of people that he had fought. Vinny uh, Pazienza, Samuel Serrano, Harold Br Brazier, and he also fought Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. and the late Parnell Whitaker. So, um, you know, our our uh, our hearts are with the Mayweather family, and uh, you know, combat sports and boxing. We've we've we lost another great one. So, uh, you know, yeah. Ring the bell one more time for him. All right. Well, that ends our show. Follow us on social media on Instagram. I am at Combat Sports Talk, and I am at Keys to Victory, and that's Keys with the. K-E-Y-E-S. You can definitely check us out on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com. Um, we are on every one of your favorite podcasting platforms, and we are on YouTube. Anywhere you want to be, that's where we are. Um, shout out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, who's quickly becoming my favorite uh, news site for MMA information. So check them out. Bloody Elbow, the, the folks at Intelligent Defense Discussion Group, um, Always get good good conversations there on Facebook and other sites providing the stories we use on the show. We also had one from Insider.com uh, uh, this week. That was where we got our, our pictures. We got one from Twitter and things like that as well. So uh, on behalf of John, pink shirt, keys. Light red. <laughs> really, really, really light red. I'm Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. <laughs> We'll catch you next time. Yeah.